Let's pick up where we left off. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of The Spawn Can Talk About Anything. My name is Melanie with two L's because the spelling of your name doesn't change from one week or one year to the next. If I sound a little bit off today, it's because um, I am. I have COVID in the famous words of my friend who you know better as Baron Corbin again. Yep, again. And it's pretty bad this time around. But I am here and back with a whole new podcast for you guys. And I'm very, very excited about it. Um, We have an amazing guest on the show, actor and producer, Timothy V. Murphy, or just Tim to me since we're buddies now. <laughs> um, and so many of you requested to have him on the show. So it was an honor to actually bring him to the show and just get to chatting with him about um, pretty much everything. Because as you know, this blonde can talk about anything and does. So yeah, it was a great interview and you're going to hear in a few minutes or in a few seconds because I'm not going to do a ton of talking this week. <laughs> this is probably the worst intro I've ever recorded, right? But um, I really wanted to make sure that I kicked off the new year by being productive and, you know, keeping things on schedule. So I wanted to make sure that I got a new podcast out relatively early in the year. So let me just tackle a few of the subjects that if I don't mention, you will definitely ask me about. Yes, I am super happy that the Buccaneers have made it into the playoffs, regardless of their losing record. Um, I have full faith in them that they can take it to the end. Uh, They seem to have um, woken up recently. It's like a whole new team. I don't know what happened during the final game of the season where it's just they didn't play Brady. A lot of the starters were sitting out. They played Brady for half a game, I should say. So it kind of makes sense that they lost the game. But going into the playoffs, looks like we're going to have Ryan Jensen back, which is good news for us. So, yeah, I still I still believe in in Brady. You can't spell believe without Brady. Yes, you can. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I believe in Brady fully, and I think that there's a huge chance that we will be playing in the Super Bowl. Um, I also want to mention um, DeMar Hamlin. Terrible what happened to him. Um, so I'm glad to see the Bills uh, make the playoffs. Well, I knew they would anyway, but uh, I hope they go far. I hope they go all the way to the Super Bowl and lose to Tom Brady. I, I am faithful to Tom Brady right till the end. <laughs> uh, I was pretty disappointed that the um, Patriots lost because I really didn't want the Dolphins in playoffs and that would have kept them out. But unfortunately, the Jets shit the bed like always and uh, Miami's in the playoffs. I don't like Miami because every single like narcissistic, terrible horrible, no good, very bad person that I know is a Dolphins fan. So I root against the Dolphins. I would probably, I couldn't root against them if Tom played there. And one of my favorite ballers is uh, Jason Taylor. So go figure. (laughs) So that happens. Um, Other than football, there's not a whole lot for, for me to recap on because we haven't been, I haven't been away that long rather. So I am going to send this to the incredible chat that I had with Tim V. Murphy that I honestly could have continued for hours and hours because he's so down to earth, so kind, so genuine, and so open and just caring about people and life and film and just everything that I'm passionate about, he's passionate about. So the conversation could have gone on all day and and I would not have minded one bit. So let's get into that because my COVID ramblings are, are not good. They're not good. So here we go. Okay. So I don't think you need any introduction. Like for me, it's like legend icon goat, if you will. But do you want to introduce yourself to uh, my listeners in case they don't know who you are? (laughs) Yeah. My name is Timothy V. Murphy and uh, I'm an actor. I'm from Ireland, but I've been living in the States now for over 20 years. And um, yeah, I go by Tim Murphy, Timothy V. Murphy. I mean, that's my full name, Timothy Vincent Murphy. And it's, uh, I have to use the full name because of my union and SAG. Apparently, there's a lot of Tim Murphys. So, <laughs> But it's okay to call you Tim. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. Well, before I start asking questions, I want to, uh, this is probably the, the last thing that's on your radar. 
but I think every actor has a a performance that sort of sticks in in the minds of certain people that um because you know art imitates life right so you played a young Christina Aguilera's father in the video that's right yeah yeah, for hurt And you can't you can't tell by looking at me today, but I have a very Christina aesthetic. She was my you know my idol growing up as a little kid, and I always loved watching her. So that's I, I, that's where I first actually saw you, and I had a relationship very similar to that to that with my grandfather. Not my father; he was you know busy, but my gran- my grandfather was like you with the the circus character, like teaching you know watching the little girl sort of evolve into what she would become. Yeah, yeah, encouraging it. And my grandpa did that for me. And he, I didn't even know at the time that I wanted to be an actor or whatever. And he died sadly before I realized it. But when I see somebody like you bring that to life, it's like watching my own like, like life flash before my, my eyes. So I wanted to thank you for, for doing that such justice. It was so beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, thank you. I'm delighted you liked it. Yeah, I liked doing it. It was, it was lovely, you know. Did she direct uh, that, right? She didn't direct it. I, I forget who directed it. Uh, she didn't direct it. I, it might have been a, a woman directed it, was it? I'm not sure who directed it, but she, she did. I think she co-directed, I think is what she has Oh, she, she might have. She might have. They were looking for a Viggo Mortensen type of, of actor for it, you know. So I, I think I just done Appaloosa with Viggo and Ed Harris. So, yeah. I've met them both. They're both really, really cool people. Very cool They're guys. They're lovely. Yeah, they are lovely, but so are you, right? Yeah, exactly. And so are you, man. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, I really appreciate having these chats because I am someone who fell in love with cinema when I was like, by the time I was three, I was method. So yeah. <laughs> it, it just happened. And from what I understand, you um, are like a lifelong member of the actor Studio. Is that correct? I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I joined it, I suppose, about, jeez, oh, it must be nearly 20 years ago or 15 years ago or something, yeah. Is there anyone there that you learned from who, would, who like, really stood out to you? Um, what's her name? Uh, Penny Allen would have been my main coach in there. Now, Penny Allen was an amazing woman, an amazing coach. She'd, she'd uh, you know, she'd give a class in the actor's studio and, and you'd work with her and I worked with her privately and... Uh, she basically changed Matthew McConaughey's career around from, you know, doing these rom-com type of things to being considered as a serious actor. So she would have worked with him on Dallas Buyers Club, I think, and, uh, and Mud and uh, True Detective and, you know, all, all the great work he's been doing since then. So she died, unfortunately, of cancer a few years ago, you know, so. But Penny Allen will be yeah, one of the, the the great ones in the actor's studio. Yeah, for sure. All I think there's a lot, everybody who comes out of the actor's studio is just like, like Robert De Niro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Aliyah Kazan is a founding member of the, the actor's studio. That's right. Yeah. And a few years ago, I met this incredible woman, Robin Swicord, who wrote uh, like Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, Matilda she's just a great writer and yeah. she knew that that I loved Marlon Brando and her husband's father was Aaliyah Kazan so Nicholas Kazan and God. so yeah so he knows a lot about the actors studio and I would like to go to the actors studio but it's really hard to get in it's hard but every place is hard to get in that that's worthwhile you know um yeah but uh once you're in you're in for life basically it wasn't too difficult for me to get in in some ways because I had been doing this play that got quite good reviews, you know, and, and uh, so we went then and did a scene out of that, you know, so mm. it, it kind of, and it's a great play. It's Mark McDonough, The Lonesome West, and his his current film, The Banshee of Inishirin, is is very similar to that play that he did many years ago. So you moved, like, away from, all the way from Ireland to... Yeah. LA to pursue acting I I don't know was it even the pursue acting but I suppose it was because I'd been acting in Ireland for 10 years or something and I had like a summer romance with an, an American actress who was in a movie I was doing in Ireland 
and I had a warm bed to sleep in in America. The winter was setting in in Ireland. And uh, even though I was very busy working in Ireland, I decided, ah, why not give America a go, you know? So uh, I came over and uh, it was just like starting from scratch again, though I, I, I was asked to go back and do, you know, Moon for the Misbegotten by Eugene O'Neill and the Gaiety Theatre, which was like a, a big deal at the time. And uh, I turned that down to stay in America and I ended up selling Christmas trees, of course. So it wasn't as glamorous or, or as glorious as one might imagine, you know. But I've, I've been here now over 20 years in L.A., yeah. But I, I lived here years ago in the 80s uh, before I ever did acting in, in New York and Florida I, I, uh, in construction and stuff, you know. That's crazy. Like the things that the jobs that we have to take in between the acting jobs until finally the acting jobs are enough to like sustain yeah. a living. But I think personally, once you get bit, you're like, once you realize that you love it, you have no choice. You have to do it. I don't know why. I just feel like that's the way it is for me. Sorry, there was a fly. <laughs> I, I think you're right. It's funny like that, you know, even through hard times. And I mean, even now, I even haunted Harris years ago, but my, even myself now, I'm always looking, okay, where's it? I, I just have to take care of myself, so it was easy, you know? But now I have to take care of a family and my wife and everything, and it's like after every job ends, I'm just thinking, I hope to God another job comes in. And when you're sitting on your ass for a couple of weeks, you're 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 thinking, oh my God. So, I, you know, it's, it's the life I choose and it's part of the life, so, you know, I accept that, so. Yeah, I've I've been is. I've been fortunate so far, you know. I mean, you have played several characters that I would consider to be like iconic. Like everyone knows. I don't even want to bring it up because everyone knows you played, you know, Ian Doyle on Criminal Minds. Everyone knows. And yeah, that's yeah, that's quite a popular one. Yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing about that is that character, what what would be considered like a day player. If he had not, because you had an arc, you were lucky, yeah. you had like a six episode arc or something like that arc. But whereas someone else, like, for example, Brad Dourif, who did like a one episode, people don't immediately make the connections. They don't recognize those actors and they don't necessarily like even know their names or, or who they are. And I think it's yeah. really cool that you managed to over a six episode like arc you managed to pull people in to a point where they still talk about it even now yeah and I like that in in those <laughs> things I mean uh even even like they're doing more of that now in the so-called procedurals where they will bring people in and they will work with them you know the one character one storyline for six episodes whereas before it was very strictly and the usual is that they will just bring a guest star in for one episode and that's it. But I've done, I've done that now and I've done another bunch of stuff that are kind of considered strong recurrings type of thing and stuff. Well, yeah, like Sons yeah. of Anarchy you did. Which you're exactly, and, and Quantico and right mm -hmm. now uh, organized crimes uh, uh, are, you know, like law and order type of thing. You know, I so. love that show. <laughs> So I'll that's what I'm doing in New York at the moment, you know. So. How many episodes are you allowed to say? I'm probably not allowed to say, but I have a few of them, you know. Yeah, a few. Yeah. So it's like you you have an arc. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. This is excellent, and that's news. what they seem to do in the organized crime thing. They, I think they had a story. I don't know that much about it, but I think they had a story last season. For half the half the season was about the Albanian mob or something in New York. I think so. that was actually early this season. Because was it Camilla, okay? Camila yeah. Bell was involved in that storyline and I'm a big fan of her work. So I remember it. Yeah. I'm a big nice. fan of the um, the Law and Order SVU with Marisha yeah. Hargitay. Oh, huge success, that one. Yeah. My wife think, is the same. I just think Marishka is like a force. Like I watch yeah. her and I'm like, how can I be this kind of actor? Like it's, but that's not me. That's not, it's not in me. Like to be like this aggressive, like alpha type, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I talked to a waitress this morning who was serving me breakfast and she's I was saying I was going to do your podcast and she says, Oh my god, I, I'd love to do a podcast. And I says, Yeah, because I think every human being is an interesting story. It doesn't matter who you are, 
I, you know, some people think, oh, my life is so boring. No, just talk to them and you'll figure out, no, your life is quite interesting. Everybody has an interesting life, really, you know, so. I started the podcast during the pandemic because there was no acting work and my friends were like, you're funny. People like to hear you talk. So, you know, do a podcast. And then I got tired of talking to myself. So I started asking like my friends if they would come on. And then I started, you know, asking people, who do you guys want to have on? And then I, that through that, I actually got to talk to some really cool people like you and Brad Dourif was on my show for three weeks. I had to, huh. it had to cut it up into three episodes because he had so much to uh, just to say and to offer. And he was also on Criminal Minds. I he see, did, I see. He played like a, a puppeteer who turned people, human beings into like puppets. Gotcha. And it was in one of those episodes that stuck in my head. So it was cool to talk to him. But he's mostly known, obviously, for the Chucky franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people don't know. I know but that you've also appeared in quite a few films. Yeah, I do, I'm doing loads of films uh, in the past while, actually. And I obviously have a bit. Yeah, I, as a medium, I'd like film and film and stage the best, actually. You even don't though like I do television? a lot of television. I do a lot of television. I like it. But, you know, if, if you gave me a choice and you gave me the same amount of money, I would probably choose uh, um, film or stage. Yeah. So if I gave you a choice and said you could pick any actor alive or dead to act with, who to be? I don't you know, like to act with, but I, I mean, I love Jack Nicholson, you know, uh, when I was growing up one flew over the cuckoo's nest, I really loved that, that movie, you know, um, I think Christian Bale is a great actor, uh, obviously Daniel Day-Lewis, you know, there's, um, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of them, but most actors can give, you know, a good performance if they're given the opportunity, you know, I, um, and I think, Personally, I think it's 80% luck, really. You know, even Judy Dinch says the same. You know, she says, oh, it's talent or what? No, it's it's luck. Very, you have to have some modicum of talent, obviously. But uh, it's, it is it is 80% luck because I know some amazing actors in the actor's studio who can't even get an agent or they can't get a break or whatever. And then I see quite average actors, you know, maybe even you know winning academy awards or getting nominated or 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 there are million you know the people in television that do a lot of television a lot of them are multi-millionaires you know and, and you and i've seen work in the studio or, or in general people i work with that you know haven't got the breaks but are absolutely amazing you know so there's a lot of yeah that, that's the thing with me i notice people like that's why i noticed you in the christina aguilera video I always I, like if someone's giving a good performance, I will go out of my way to find out who is this actor and where can I watch more of their work? Because I think that you, you learn from watching. Yeah. Um, you learn from watching other actors. If I could work with any actor alive or dead, it would be Marlon Brando. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean, I love Brando totally. I, I, I mean, the same. I would love to work with him. Yeah. 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 Well, he's, you're. He's a, He's an Aries rat as well, you know, which I am an Aries rat. Well, you're very into motorcycles. So I imagine you would have enjoyed something like the wild one, something like that would have fell right in your wheelhouse. Oh yeah, definitely. And I've seen all his movies, you know, he's he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's amazing. And it's weird because I'm not that old. So when I say some Marlon Randall's my favorite actor, most of my friends have never seen like any of his movies and then I'll be like the godfather and they're like oh I know that guy and I'm like yeah of course you do it's like yeah he's done one movies. movie you know exactly exactly or Superman maybe <laughs> oh my god yes yes I had a friend not too long ago and he was like he was so great in Superman and I was like <laughs> out of all the things that you could watch yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. the worst because even worst. he didn't he didn't want to do it like that. He and he wanted to do it a totally different way, and they didn't. They didn't listen to him. So, yeah, he, <laughs> he, I think he, he was very much, I suppose, ahead of his time, or, or maybe of the time where he saw the, he saw true Hollywood. He knew what it was about, and he saw, you know, and uh, he. I, I'm not saying he was, you know, he he obviously had a lot of flaws. He found being, a, I, I think, a father and husband quite difficult. Um, he 
he was a very good actor, but he obviously had demons. And but he saw what Hollywood was and how they used people and how they didn't care. And you know, he he did his best to champion certain causes when he was when he when he had power. He when he thought he had power. A bit like Muhammad Ali as well at the time, you know. So yeah, I not think afraid. It's important. Not afraid to stand up to the system when the system when uh, you could be totally torn down, you know. Um, obviously, money gives you a lot of freedom to say what you want. I, I think that's the main thing with money for me. But uh, I hate greed, obviously, that you see a lot in the world today. And I think money can also, you know, free bad people, you know, that they can do anything they want. They're, they can pay, if they can pay enough money to people, uh, everything goes away, basically, you know, their bad behavior sometimes money is really when people say money is the root of of all evil like i i didn't you don't understand that when you're like 10 years old yeah but when so when my grandfather passed away of course he left me you know money and most of that money was intended for like whatever education i wanted to pursue but then when i got to the age where i was like okay i want to go and do this all of it was gone <laughs> and what had happened was like my mom's uncle who was like estranged from the family he had spent, like taken it somehow and spent all of it. And God. I was on, I wasn't willing to, I was like, no, I can't sue my family. I just would never do that. Yeah. But, but karma is a thing because he, now he's, he's broke and he lives in a homeless shelter and that's terrible. Jeez. And I don't wish that on anybody, but yeah, you know, so yeah, you're right. But my goal as an actor is just to make just enough money to help people who don't have. And yeah. And just enough notoriety to like inspire some kid somewhere who was like me when I was a kid who was getting told like, you're too much. Like yeah. you need to stop because yeah, I am too much for some people. Yeah. But, but that's okay. Oh, it is okay. My, my, um, my favorite quality in anybody is kindness and empathy. I've, I've no, I mean, courage is nothing to me, you know, being, if you're a kind, empathetic person, I think that's that's where people should start. And it's it's a sad state of affairs that a lot of people don't start from there. And every, everyone really has a lovely quality about them. And, and you should certainly not put down anyone. I mean, growing up as a kid, I had a very bad stammer or stutter. I couldn't talk at all till I was nearly 16. And I prefer to get a beating in the class uh, than stand up and say or recite something, you know, so, yeah. That's horrible. I never yeah. knew that about you. So that's a very interesting thing that I'm learning about you because I never would have known that. Oh yeah, I'd really bad stammer. Couldn't hardly talk. And you know, and you're in a family and you're called names and you're bullied in school and all that. But I went through all that, you know, and the Christian brothers was a very corporal punishment. They'd beat the crap out of you. They'd give you a good education, but they'd beat the crap out of you. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah. For me, it was mostly like, Went from the like from the time I was born until I was till my grandfather died, I was inseparable from him. I didn't yeah. want didn't want to play with kids because he was just so interesting and cool. Like he knew he, my grandpa used to read encyclopedias front to back. Like he knew everything. I love it. I I and, get on I get on very well with him so because I love I love history and I love stories and I love all that. He was, all, he was also Irish. Oh, of course he was. <laughs> yeah, he had the red hair and uh, yeah, he was he was an Irishman and he was he had a grade two education, but he knew like everything, anything you wanted to know, he knew. But he yeah. also loved movies. And that's my mom hates movies. My grandma hated movies because he yeah. used to watch them. And he was he started showing me movies very young and then I fell in love with it. So because I thought everything he did was so cool, I was like, well, why would I want to hang out with these kids, you know? Yeah. So when he died, when I was in school, then I would get kids saying things like, oh, like, you're so ugly. You killed your grandpa. And it was like, what? Like, yeah. And now, but today, I don't know if I would, I mean, a hundred percent, I would not trade what I learned from him and the time with him to have been more like popular in school because yeah, you can be popular later on in life, but what you learn, like what you learn as a child, fundamentally, that's going to carry throughout your life and he taught me always you know be kind give what you have if yeah. you have a little bit of extra give extra 
I love it. He taught you great stuff, you know, and a, yeah. a, a child always knows which direction to head anyway, your intuition. If your intuition was telling you to do that or spend more time with your grandfather, that's what you should do. You shouldn't go against your intuition. You know? Well, I mean, my mom is great too. Obviously she was raised by him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, my, and my grandma was wonderful as well. But the thing is that she had, she was wonderful in the sense that she was, um, she was, this is so weird. She was Parisian. So yeah. like from France and she loved to design clothes huh. and she would make all her own clothes. And it looked like she was like a millionaire, but really she was just making her own stuff. And she would dress me like I was rich and send me to school like that. And then I would get teased. Yeah, and then yeah. one day I came home and I was like, I don't, I'm not going back to school because my school was next door to their house. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And she just grabbed my hand and she was like, those people are jealous and walked me back to school. And I hated her for it for years. And then, but now I wish I could tell her if you had never done that, I would not be who I am today. Cause I would be too afraid of what, or what is somebody who's mostly insignificant going to think of me? So I was and, and, lucky with that. Yeah. And that's so true. These insignificant people, you worry about what will they think? Who are these people? Who are they thinking about you? You know, so yeah. And, you know, the, the people who this probably happened to you, the people who talked about you or laughed at you or whatever the most, once they see you're successful, they're, they tell everybody that they're your friend. Oh, totally. That's so <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I had a, I had an experience when I went to California. I've told this story all the time because I still can't believe it really happened. I was just walking. Uh, you live in L.A., so you probably know, you know, the Burger King at the corner of La Brea and Sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was not going to Burger King, but that's where I was walking. And this yellow car pulls me over and he's like, hi, are you an actress? And I'm like, great, some freaking weirdo. And I'm like, nope. And I just kept walking. And he was ballsy enough to roll down the window and say, hi, excuse me. And I turned around and he had taken the glasses off and it was Quentin Tarantino. And he was like, can you get in the car? Cause I'd like to talk to you, but now we're holding off traffic. And I did get in the car. I did talk to him and it was nothing weird. He just wanted to talk to me about something that he was writing that he thought I might be good for. Yeah. And he took down my information and whatever. And then I said, can I take a picture? Because no one's ever going to believe this happened. And he's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And then I posted the picture. And I don't even live in my hometown anymore. And I'm getting messages from people that are like, oh, uh, congratulations. And I'm like, you haven't talked to me in like five years. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody's your friend when uh, when when you're, when you're somebody or when you're with oh, totally. somebody. It's the weirdest ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So recently this year, you did like a, I don't even know how you would explain it. It's like a podcast, but it's a show. It's almost like how they, how they used to play the Lone Ranger on the radio for like my grandpa's time. Yeah. That show Narcissa. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 You, You did that. What was that like? What was it like? Um, (laughs) It was just like a voiceover type of thing and with uh, with the director giving you directions and stuff. It was like, um, it came out of the blue. You re- I didn't pay, pay much attention to it. And they said, there's good people involved in it. Uh, would you like to do it? And I said, yeah, sounds good. And I did it. So uh, what was it like? It was, it was just another, you know, it was another job basically, but it was a good character. And I, I liked the director and, and um it turned out to be a good project, I think. You know, so. Yeah, I just think it's interesting because there's literally no visual. So you yeah. have to use your whole, whatever you're projecting, the listener has to like really use their whole imagination. So that yeah. was really, really cool. Definitely, you know, and sometimes that's good because sometimes I run lines with, uh, with um, uh, a friend of mine, Michael Martacchio, and we, we agreed that we wouldn't do it on FaceTime. It seems to be better just doing it over the phone because you, you have to listen more type of thing, you know, so yeah. Yeah, no, I liked it. Well, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Diana Agron. I think she's fantastic. So yeah. of course I was going to tune in and then you were on it, which was an added bonus. <laughs> I've never met the other actors or anything on it. So yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? Maybe this is just me, but I feel like you don't have to necessarily meet every actor that you work with. No. To feel like it's a it's a family. I really I just feel like we are all kind of like a family. And when you meet an actor like 
just out of the blue in public, whatever it's happened to me a couple of times. It's almost like they instantly recognize the energy and you just start talking and it's great. Like I was at the Toronto international film festival and, uh, I was talking to Eddie Redmayne, like out of nowhere. I just, I just said something and then we started talking. Mm-hmm. And this girl goes, who does this bitch think she is talking to people? And I was like, he's just a person. But he, I guess he recognized that I didn't want a picture or an autograph or anything. So we just yeah. talked. But I think, yeah, because I think the majority of actors are quite sensitive, very uh, quite sensitive, nice people, you know, Um now, obviously, there's exceptions. Some of them are assholes and stuff. But generally, I think um, they're nice, sensitive, kind people. And um, also, they're like gypsies. They're like they're like outsiders. They're they're like like all creative people. You know, there there's they're definitely a tribe. So that if you meet a fellow actor or whatever, it's I prefer to be in a room of creative people than a bunch of business people. And I, I can mix with business people or people that aren't in the same uh, thing as me or whatever. But I actually feel more comfortable and relaxed with a bunch of, you know, just actors. And as you said, you know, fame is a weird thing. But if you throw fame out of it, every person, you know, all people are just people. They're normal people. Oh, you're an actor or you're famous. No, you're just like, a guy next door i mean at one stage i was roofing you know uh, in florida you know putting tar on roofs i mean what kind of job is that or i was i was shoveling concrete in the streets of new york i was uh, bartending i was driving trucks uh, and you know and then i'm an actor and i was bouncing in dublin while in the clubs while i was uh, you know training to be an actor and um so to think that i'm different now than i was then and the people i hang out with uh, treated me different no i i'm exactly the same person really you know so yeah and i don't even look at fame or anything uh the the biggest shock i i thought ever was the first time i did a tv show and it was like the biggest tv show in ireland at the time you know we had two channels in ireland and every sunday night people would stay in at i think nine o'clock and this little tune would come on and it was glenn roe was named but it was like it, it was on once a week, a kind of thing. And um, I didn't know the effect. I, I was in the store the next day getting groceries and these two women were looking at me talking as, as and I'm thinking, I bet you my, my zip is open and my flop, <laughs> you know, or, or, uh, or what are they looking at, you know? And that was my first experience of fame. And to tell you the truth, I don't like it. I, I didn't like no. it, you know, and it, it made me uncomfortable somewhat, but I've got so used to it now, it's okay. But um, it's better being anonymous to tell you the truth, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I met through Robin Swicord, I met Brian Cranston, who's been just a wealth of knowledge for me. And he told me, he was like, I worked for like 30 years and I could walk down the street and I could go to the grocery store and nobody cared. And he goes, as soon as I did Breaking Bad, I came out of my house, just paparazzi jumping out of the bushes. And he's like, I'm in my 50s at this point. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because he's, you know, now he's a leading man, but for most of his career, he was a character actor. He was, he was like every man, you know, he was like... uh... And he, that's why he fitted in so well in television. Like he was every man. And all of a sudden then, yeah, he's breaking bad and people couldn't believe it was the same guy, you know? So, yeah. But the th- that's the thing. We, I think as actors, all of us have like different, there's different people. In, like we're one person, but there's different people in there. Like different voices oh, yeah. and different, like there's the me that I am, you know, when I'm with you, but I can't be the same person that I am when I'm with somebody like you as when I'm with one of my friends who's like a school teacher because they yeah, yeah. don't understand. They do not. They're like, you're crazy. You're hyper this. And I'm like, no, I'm just, this is just me. This is just who I am. Yeah. No, totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone is like that. We have so many different little things inside of us that make us tick really, you know, and, and we are, we do behave differently in different situations, you know, and with different people. Definitely, no question about it. But yeah, for sure. Nobody likes the version of me on sun on Sundays when Tom Brady's using a football game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like screaming, maybe even crying. 
How see how are the Buccaneers doing? Are they in the playoffs or what? We we made it into playoffs. As all uh, near, he, I mean that that man is the most amazing comeback man I've ever come across in my life. He could be down twenty three nothing in the in the final quarter, and I'll tell you, the team playing against them is as nervous as shit until that until the final whistle because they there I think there's only one quarterback that that you are that afraid of in the fourth quarter that he might come back because he does you know so. you know he for all the shit that he gets from people yeah couldn't have a bigger heart like and this is from experience yeah cuz my grandpa was a big huge football fan and that's how I ended up you know into this whole Tom Brady thing and I had a friend commit suicide a couple of years ago and Tom Brady and I had a mutual friend and my mutual friend went to Tom Brady and he was like, I have a friend who's going through a thing. Could you maybe like do something? And I've never put it on, but he sent me a signed Jersey for my birthday, uh, like signed picture from when he played for uh, Tam- not Tampa, pa- the Patriots. So the I have Patriots. one from each team. Yeah. I- I've seen him. I've seen him play in, in, uh, in Boston. And I was just blown away that this man who is kind of like larger than life and doesn't owe anyone anything actually gave a shit. Cause I never would, I would never ask. I'm not that kind of person to ask for things that I don't really care about a signature or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But I appreciated it because it was like, he was, it was like his way of saying like, don't give up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's lovely. That's how I, I think that's how we all have to be. If we want to make it, especially in this business that we are in. You have to try. You have to always think of yourself as Tom Brady in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl, and you need to win. <laughs> you do because sometimes you have no choice, and you know, some at some stage in life, and and it all we all suffer from it. You're frozen. You're you can't move anyway. You think you're you're just fucked basically, and you, then you have to take that that great Bill Murray movie years ago was it Baby Steps. You have to take those just. Just keep moving, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what direction or make decisions that might be wrong or whatever are or, or not right. But if you keep moving, you'll eventually get out of that situation, you know, it, moving your mind, moving physically, whatever, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. And you have certainly done that because I've seen you in so many shows. I can't even you've had to have been in at least like 100 things by now. I have, I'd say, definitely. I mean, I've done loads of, as you said, as we talked about guest star roles or whatever. Uh, recently in my career, there seems to be a huge amount of independent movies. And I like doing those because it gives you a chance to, you know, to play cool characters or whatever. Now, sometimes the movies mightn't turn out that good, but maybe the character you're playing really is good and, and you get a great kick out of playing him. So, uh I like doing those movies. And going back to Christina Aguilera, you know, making a movie about a father and a daughter like that, or if that was turned into a feature, I could definitely see it as being a great feature and a great opportunity for me as an actor. To that's Those are the type of roles you'd love to play if the opportunity came along. I mean, it's, it's good fun and it's easy to play the bad guy, you know, but... Uh, I'd much prefer, I, I did a movie years ago called, uh, what was it called? Looms, it was called. And it was about the, the, the guys that directed it. There were three brothers, the Funk brothers, and uh, their, their father and their uncle and another uncle, they grew up on a farm in Iowa. And this farm had been in, in their family for 100 years. And uh, the uncle was the last, guy to be on the farm and he was divorced and one of his sons was a vet and he didn't want the farm and neither did the daughter so he was going to be the last of their family in a hundred years to be on the farm and the brothers wanted to do a little movie in you know uh, about him and about the legacy and what it is to be the last person on the farm and uh, I love playing that character they came to me I played him was it's mostly done in voiceover with amazing visuals but we try to to get a script together to turn it into a feature and uh it wasn't there at the time and then covid struck we thought we were going to shoot something and covid struck but we might resurrect it again but characters like that are, are the characters that i would like to play like 
a man alone in the wilderness or a man having to fight <laughs> the elements like the revenant i like and i like the old man in the sea with spencer trace here i would like something like you know with christina aguilera you know a father and a daughter a father and a son and they you know they're trying to help each other through difficult times maybe or something you know I'm it's funny that you mentioned that because I am I'm struggling, but I'm actually trying to write a script about my relationship with my grandpa, who which is basically the same thing as the as that music video. Yeah. So maybe you're the guy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably the guy. We might be working together yet. Who knows? Yeah, you, you, know? you never know. That would be yeah. how like I don't believe anyone comes into anyone's life by accident. Yeah. So who I'm knows? The same, yeah. I just I want to tell this story about this extraordinary man who like, I wouldn't go to daycare. Man would come to daycare with me until they called my mom and were like, can you please not send your daughter and your dad back? It was like, we were just, <laughs> my mom always says my father stole my daughter. Like the first day that I was born, she's like, you just grabbed onto his finger and that was it. And like, I feel like he, like he has no other grandchildren. I'm probably not, I don't want to have kids. So I want to leave something behind that so that other people might, you know, know his story one day yeah. that he was not he was not a famous actor. He wasn't an athlete. No, he was a yeah. minor. He, but he was as far as grandpas go or parents, even he was yeah. extraordinary and he encouraged everything that I wanted to do. And that that's like dumb luck. And it's it sounds like you're someone who can who can understand that. So you would be like totally on the like the wavelength of being able to play it definitely I, I mean yeah it sounds like a great story I mean I remember about my son when he was a tiny little kid and and oh. he, in Montessori he's about two and uh I had the I I was I was the weird dad in the middle of all the everyone dropped their kids off whether they were crying or not but I I was consoling poor Sean because he didn't want to leave my arms so I was I was the big giant with all these little two-year-olds, I was in the middle of their circle holding Sean every day and the teacher looking at me and also, yeah, the only parent left there. So you understand someone who would go to daycare with their, with their granddaughter? Totally, totally I do, yeah. I, I, was, I was the uncle that would come home every, you know, at Christmas and I'd have like 50 nephews and nieces jumping on my back playing with them I was the the fun uncle until I had my own later in life you know so. and I see you with your kids on on Instagram and you probably see me I leave comments all the time I think you're such a if everyone had a dad like that we'd all be really lucky like it's a beautiful oh, thing thank you you're welcome that's yeah that it's maybe. a beautiful thing maybe it's an Irish thing because my mom's dad is a really I, good I, dad I think Ira yeah I, I think I think Irish people are are good, good, uh, good parents. Actually, you know, my parents certainly were were amazing. My dad was amazing, and my mom is, was amazing. Yeah, is amazing still. Yes, you still have it your makes mom. me emotional talking about them. Actually, yes. Yeah, I, I some hold on now. I made the screen small. What did I do, Lord? I can still see you. It's okay. Um, what? Yeah, I, I still cry when I talk about my my grandpa. Yeah. Sometimes it's. I can't help it. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like, he's been gone for so long, but at the same time, it's like, I just saw him yesterday. Yeah. 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 Irish people are a little bit different. Like they're funny like that. Like they're very, if they get mad, my mom said it's very terrifying, but, but my grandpa never actually got angry with me. Yeah. So that's amazing because I have got angry and it and your mom is right. It is terrifying because usually they're quiet and they're they're you know, you don't see them raise their tempers too much. But when they do, they, it, it can be frightening because I'm, I'm usually easygoing as a person. But when I do lose my temper, it's it's quite. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's big. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, hate no. but. I hate being pushed to the point where I lose my temper, actually. But my kids, my kids know how to wind me up totally. And of course, my wife, the people closest to you know how to wind you up, you know. So. My mom used to be like, yeah, you think he was so nice. I used to get the strap. And I was like, no, you would never do <laughs> That is so like. funny. I love it. But like for me, it was like, I can't imagine that he would ever do something like that because 
<laughs> like well, I, well, the funny thing, and I read some quote for you, and I I forget how it, how exactly it went, but um, it was peep. It was that grandparents they learn how to be a grandparent by being a parent. They're much better as grandparents with their little grandkids than they are with their own kids sometimes. They have to learn through that. Sure. And they're much better parents with their grandchildren than they were at, with their own children or something. Something like that, that anyway. That's what my mom says too, that like he wasn't the same with his own children as yeah. he was with me because he, you know, he learned to be a better dad i guess <laughs> yeah and probably at that age as well more <laughs> relaxed in some ways you know that the maybe the struggle wasn't as much you know or you know the young parents have so much on their that's mind that's true yeah that's yeah. true yeah that's true because by the time i came along he was retired see so he doesn't have to have the pressure of providing for a family or working or not having enough time and you know that's true. the stress of everyday life you know so that that's very true i never thought about it that way. i never think about it that way the only thing i know is that i was just really lucky because oh. like my i would not want to see my dad as a grandparent my god my yeah. god <laughs> I, I don't have i don't have a relationship with my dad because he didn't understand like i was a performer from youth like i used to sing competitive singing and I was good. And my I, I used to take lessons and all that. And he was like, this is not a realistic job. This is stupid. And yeah. then when my, when my grandparents died, I was like, well, I better do something that he likes. So I tried. But then I didn't like it. I didn't like myself. And he yeah. just doesn't. And he told me, even if you were like the most successful actor in the world, I would not be proud of you because that's not a real job. And I was like, it's a real job and it's a really hard job. God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think your children have your full support to do whatever they want. Oh, they have. And I, I, I'm i firm, but I'd never pressured them into doing anything. And I never, you know, I, I suppose I should be maybe pressured them a bit more, you know, to not give up on things or whatever. But I very much, I leave it up to them. If you don't want to do something, you don't like it, you don't have to do it. And I don't push them into stuff, you know, so. I quit tap dancing and karate. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think after that, my mom started to be like, I'm not going to pay for any more lessons for her. No, no. I just, after that, I just did singing. And then after that, I did nothing because I was in school and I was trying to figure out. And then finally I was like, I want, I want to be an actor. Um, so yeah. my mom paid for me to go to, uh, to acting school, Great. which I didn't, I didn't like my first, my first experience with acting school was horrible. Have you ha yeah. had an experience like that where you meet a teacher that just makes you kind of rethink whether or not you even should be there? That's the sad thing in life. The teachers, <laughs> you can get a bad teacher and it's terrible and you can get a good teacher and it's amazing. And um, but, you know, the first time I was on stage, I thought I had friggin' dysentery or something or that I was so nervous and sick to my stomach. And I just had a couple of lines in, in what was it? A view from the bridge. I think I had to say immigration open up in there or something. And Jesus Christ, man, <laughs> I was I was a nervous fucking wreck. And uh, I don't know how I pursued acting after that. And I just kept doing it. And eventually it became something that I, I really enjoyed and liked. And the nerves became less. Not that they're, you know, they're always there at some stage, you know. But uh, uh, the more you do something, the more confident you are. And I don't know. It's uh, it was it wasn't easy. I'll tell you the first time any anyway, performance, and <laughs> I, and I would agree with you with teachers. I very few, very like a lot of kids go to L.A. hoping to so-called make it as an actor or whatever, and other kids are lucky enough or financially well enough to go to a good drama school, you know. Um, but the kids that go to L.A. You have a million, you have loads of teachers in LA and they, they tell all the all the new actors coming in, I have the secret. You have to do my way mm -hmm. and I, I can make you the best actor in the world and you will be successful. Uh, but it's all, but they're, most of them are charlatans, to tell you the truth. It's very, it's very hard to get 
a you know, one teacher might be amazing with one student, but not good with you. And, and that's not anything to do with you or that teacher. People connect with each other. I found it very hard to get a teacher that suited me. Penny Allen, I thought was good. I worked with a Brazilian teacher one time who did movement. And I thought his, his way of teaching was good. And, uh, Bulu something was his name. And then I thought Patsy Rodenberg was, uh, was great for me. But, you know, um, she, a lot of these teachers, they'll tell you, uh, they tell every actor that, oh, if, I, if you do my technique, you'll be brilliant. And they tell these actors who are not good or, you know, that they have not really progressed with this teacher, they will still tell them that, oh, you've done amazing. Look at what I did with you you know and i think it's totally false sometimes you know and a lot of these acting teachers they have bigger egos than uh, than than the, the young actors that are that are trying to pursue the, the the thing so yeah i i don't think even the best teachers can't teach everybody and i i think uh, actors should not buy into this you know some some of these teachers are like snake oil salesmen and 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 they'll preach uh, i i call them like spiritual capitalists sometimes you know they'll have all these great quotes of acting and what it means to be an actor and all this shit you know and then the minute the poor pupil who's working his ass off waiting tables to pay for the class the minute he can't pay for the class the teacher says well you know if you really want it you will find a way you know so that's pure bullshit to me of course and that's what i love about the actor studio it's free it comes from a socialist background in Russia or whatever. And it's um, so it's very much money's taken out of the, the situation, which is fantastic. Obviously, you have the talent to get in there. You have, well, I don't know if you have to have the talent, but you have to you have to audition a bunch of times. And also. I think you have to have talent and also like a certain level of like determination and drive. Right. Very much so. Yeah, don't give up. You just keep going because, you, you know, um, something will happen for you or, or well, it, it mightn't happen for you, but you definitely ha have to have that determination and drive. There's no question. I've always I, I had, you know, the teacher that I the first teacher that I had, she sort of came in and before I even acted, she had already decided that I wasn't good because yeah. She didn't like my hair. She, why are you wearing high heel shoes? Why are you wearing earrings? And I was like, this is just who I am. If I'm going to an audition, I understand that I'm not going to go to an audition, not in character, mm -hmm. but I'm in class. I didn't come here. I'm not here to audition for the role. I'm just here to learn. And every week she was pick, pick, pick at me until finally she made me cry. But I still kept going to the class like every week. So that's how I knew that, like, I really wanted to, to be better and whatever. And then I failed the class. God, and yeah, then I yeah. was very, very upset. And I had a friend who's an actor out in L.A., uh, David DeLuise. And he was like, you can't pass or fail. There's no pass fail in acting. It's not no. like that. And then so I true. felt, you know, I thought I was no good or whatever. And he's like, when you go to an audition, it's going to come down to like, oh, maybe we want somebody who has blue eyes and your eyes are green. Like, it could be anything. And yeah. then I had an agent who like promised me the moon and the sun and the stars and was like, you don't need a job because in a year you're going to be driving a, like a, an expensive car and you're going to be a millionaire. And my mom was like, that's not going to happen. Just to let you know. And I didn't listen ah. to my mom and she, my mom was right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think teachers, I did a class with Kevin Spacey and actually learned a ton of about myself as an actor from him. Yeah. Um, for whatever people think of him as a human being he's a talent is like through the roof oh yeah and yeah which is great that you say that you went there and he yeah you learned a lot from him you know it's uh yeah and and that's your experience and it's an individual experience and acting is an individual thing it's it's you and what's inside of you i think i think you're dead right i think everybody it's terrible when these teachers say this about certain students or whatever that you know everyone has a great performance in them everyone is interesting if if you if you really look in there you really want to 
to understand them or or let them talk about their journey. But very often I've seen in the in these terrible classes that the teachers love talking about themselves for so long, you know, or they'll yeah. <laughs> My and teacher just, did. She did. She'd be like, I played in this and this. And then I would watch it and she'd be in it for like one minute. And I would oh be God. like, they're, they're okay. the worst of all those ones. Yeah. Um, and it's okay. I, but it's okay. Like, I mean, there are no small roles, only small actors. But yeah. Um, but before you go, I do want to ask you about uh, like Seabody because I think it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. So Seabody, did we, I didn't send you a package or anything, did I? No. No, but That's I will. Okay. So oh, no, but I will. To. Yeah, I will. Um, my brother a few years ago, he's very much he's he's quite a quite a, a bright character, my brother. He, he you know, he he made a, he made millions actually in his twenties and he's very creative. He's not he's not he's not uh money driven, but he has lots of ideas. He's very bright headed. And um uh and then he he lost it all and and uh, but he he's he he's very interested always Eddie in in the sea and he's a very good sailor and he he saw that there was a way of harvesting he got involved with a biotech company right so they know the, all the science on it and it was harvesting seaweed off the west coast of Ireland right so he's har- he he gets into partnership with a biotech company who who figured out all how to extract all the goodness out of seaweed just off where we're from county Kerry in ireland so they harvest seaweed off the coast of Kerry, and they make these amazing products out of it they take all the good goodness out of it and and put it into beauty products hair products it's a very you know it's a very it's at its infant stage right now but they're getting great reviews um they're i mean they've They've invented like they've invented ways of having this organic fertilizer that's as good as any chemical fertilizer. These are all the branches of it. Now the the sea body is about beauty and it's about all the goodness and seaweed putting it into as supplements, taking it for your insides and as 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 outside cream and stuff for your outside. So um uh but they, there's so much more little branches there with their there's a dog supplements that the, the, the stuff in seaweed is just seems to be amazing, you know? So, um, so I will send you some of that, send you some of the stuff and we'll talk about that again, but also yeah. I'll probably be on your show again to have a chat another time. Oh, know, that's so sweet. Yeah. I know I talk a lot. I'm so sorry. I just, I love not at all. Not at all. We just having a chat. It's like been in an Irish bar, just talking away that, to each other. That's, that's what the show is. It's not an interview so much as I just like to talk because I'm not a host. I'm just an actor who's looking to learn. And I hope that the people that, you know, the people that listen are mostly young actors themselves. And I want them to learn from, from the conversations as well, which is, I think that's more important than like sitting there. I'm not Barbara Walters. I don't want to be, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I've really enjoyed uh, this conversation with you, even though I'm like super sick and like, it, it just it's made my day better. Um, I obviously, I told you, I, I love your work. Huge fan. Just, love it and I hope we can keep in touch and maybe I can you know run some of my ideas for my script by you or um maybe I can if I have an audition for something I can send you a video you can tell me if it's good <laughs> definitely anything like that at all is good and, I, and, and what I'll say to your viewers and young actors as well as yes yeah, all, all always think that you're worthy don't let anyone put you down because you're you're a person and you're just as good just as equal as anyone else so i i know you know depending on your life you might have had a hard life or you might be insecure or whatever that's all good that's all good and uh, and you're just as good as a human being as anyone else so don't let anyone tell you different and just be kind i think and um and go along your, your journey and, and and you have a right to be on this journey and 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 go along that road you know it's very much it's the road less traveled but the road less traveled is is the interesting road you know so yeah well christina aguilar famously said the hardest road often leads to the top so very much so yeah (laughs) well thank you for being here i don't want to take up any more of your time but i would love to have you back on we can talk more about sea body and get all into that definitely i'm excited anything anything's better than botox (laughs) 
<laughs> be a Thank long you time so before much. you need Botox. I'll I actually, the... I actually do do have Botox just in the forehead because I get migraines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I'm know lots that... of people. Look, I know lots of people that do it, and I I won't say who they are because they might want me to say it. But I know friggin' loads. <laughs> it still moves. Mine still yeah. moves because it's just for headaches. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. I don't want to be frozen, because as an actor, imagine if you're like this all the time, like they're not going to cast me. <laughs> no, and you see it, and and the sad thing about it is, well, you see men do it as well. There's no question. I mean, but mostly, it's I suppose it's mostly women, and and. Uh, with plastic surgery, with Botox and everything. And uh, it's hard to see, you know, in some countries, a woman getting older, whereas you see a lot of men, older actors, and they, you know, getting older. But I don't know, is it that women aren't allowed to get older? But I, I find it much more interesting to see a normal older woman than, you know, someone with the big lips and the fillers and the eyes and everything done. And then they're playing some, grandmother or whatever in in uh, in a little town in saskatchewan and it's like totally <laughs> unrealistic altogether maybe if they were in the hollywood hills it might be realistic you know well yeah but it is what it is i don't have big lips my lips don't exist they're very small i inherited <laughs> them from my grandfather and then everything that i don't want bad lungs headaches and small lips all comes from my grandpa and freckles I think you look fine anyway, so I wouldn't worry about it. You thank know. you. Well, great chatting with you. Great chatting with you as well. And thank you for doing it. You didn't have to. Uh, maybe now people will stop asking, but I'm glad that they did because it shows me how loved you are. Great. Great. Have a wonderful day. And it just, you're amazing. Just know that. I really Take care. I really so are that. you. Thank you. Good luck. Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that. I actually recorded that on Saturday morning with bloodshot leaky eyes put some makeup on and sort of pull myself together but it looked pretty terrible and I do want to apologize to Tim for getting me at my absolute worst but um the duration of that conversation I felt as, as good as I possibly could considering how violently ill I am at the moment but it, I don't regret it at all I would have regretted not doing it or putting it off so I'm glad I'm glad I got it in there and I'm so glad to be starting off the year with such an esteemed guest. I just, I love Tim Murphy. Like he's so talented. It's disgusting and so disgustingly underrated. Brilliant actor. I want to encourage you guys to check out his work. Um, I'll, I'll leave a link over on my Twitter, Ablond Who Talks. Uh, and you can check out his full filmography. You may already know him because, you know, Sons of Anarchy, Criminal Minds, and as he mentioned, upcoming Law and Order. Uh, is it Criminal Intent? The new one, Law and Order. I don't, why am I, why am I talking about? I think it's Law and Order Criminal Intent. I could be wrong. It's the one with Christopher Maloney. Why am I drawing a blank? Oh my God, I feel so stupid right now. <laughs> I'll update you via Twitter as well about the which Law and Order it is. Anyways, I sound so lost right now. I'm, I don't like it. Not good. So continuing to talk is, is not going to make this better. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in to the chat I had with Tim. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, I hope you had great holidays and I hope the new year treats you wonderfully. I also have to say thank you to my sponsors, the TB12 Method, who does not actually sponsor me, but that I feel the need to plug every single week. <laughs> And to my official sponsor, um, Michael Solberg Family Wines, which you can find online at Michael Solberg Family Wines across all platforms, as well as Huckwear, the camel toe eliminating moisture wicking underwear that was created by my fabulous friend, Jen, uh, and a group of her friends, Denise, lovely people that I just adore. Um, you can check them out on Instagram, H-U-X-W-E-A-R. And again, I've mentioned this a few times, not being paid to say this. There is a popcorn company that sells like alcohol infused popcorn, which is really great for people who want to stay sober at parties and still kind of get that flavor. And it's so delicious and so guilt-free and it's called Eatable. You can check them out on Instagram at Eatable Inc. E-A-T-A-B-L-E-I-N-C. Eatable 
Inc. And their website, of course, which I believe is the same thing, but don't quote me on that because I'm not looking at it right now. And I'm not totally myself right now. So thank you for tuning in. Hi, Bobby. I almost forgot to say it. But for those of you who are, you know, faithful listeners, you know that if I don't say hi to Bobby, my phone's going to explode. And I don't want that to happen. Um, so I will be back more than likely next week, provided that I'm feeling well enough to put something together that doesn't sound totally discombobulated. And I'm probably going to be here by myself talking about some football because every once in a while, we just need an episode where it's just me talking about how much I love football and how wonderful Tom Brady is and how he cannot and should not and will not ever retire. (laughs) Have a great day, week, month, year, depending on whether or not you plan on tuning in to the show again. Um, If you enjoyed the show, please leave me a review on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, rather, wherever you get your podcast, leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps with ratings by the way the ratings were incredible you guys again i can't believe how great they were the spotify rap stuff and the fact that we chart in like 13 countries on a weekly basis is absolutely insane and i still can't believe it so with that again my name is melanie with two l's and i am putting myself to bed because i am not equipped to function as a normal human being right now see you next time or no I'll talk to you soon. The end.